Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We continue in the series of God Given, and this is our, I can't believe it's already been five weeks in this series, God Given. And so this is our fifth week. We have three more weeks after this, and we've been enjoying that also in our, our life groups. But the intent of this series, and I, sorry, Echo J. Hi, you guys are dismissed. The intent of this series is to focus on the many blessings that God has given us. We live in a world where sometimes it seems like it's easier to focus on the negative than to focus on the positive. Have you ever noticed that at times in life where you start focusing on the negative? I, once in a while I have to speak to myself. Have you ever done that? I, I speak to myself, stop it. And we, we, we do that. I think it's because news is kind of always negative. But, but I think sometimes we have more negative content that we're receiving than positive content. And what it does, it kind of leads us towards thinking on the negative instead of the positive. Businesses know, catch your, catch your thoughts, businesses know that the negative ads have a much higher rate of conversion than positive ads by almost 20%. The click-through rate, how many knows what a click-through rate is? Come on. You know when you're on your social media or you're, you're seeing an ad, it's those people that click on that ad. The click-through rate on a negative ad is 67% higher than a positive ad. People want to click on the neck. What in the world? They want to see people's problems. They want to see people's difficulties. Stop clicking on negative ads. Negative content outsells positive content. Here's an interesting stat. I read an article the other day regarding political ads. <laughs> We're getting there, all the political ads. It says that 82% of Americans believe that negative attack-oriented campaigning is undermining and damaging our democracy. 82% of Americans believe that it's not good. 84% of Americans state it would be better for political candidates to run no advertising than to run a negative campaign. And yet, I don't think any of us need any stats to know that the percentage of negative advertising out for, for politicians is much higher than positive advertising, right? Why is that? Catch this thought. Despite what people might say, it's better to do positive, stop being so negative. Despite what people might say, many people's fears carry far greater weight than their faith. Many people's fears carry greater weight than their faith. And that's why advertisers know if we advertise and we say, we're going to take, this guy's going to take this away, this guy's going to take this away, or this gal's going to take this away, all of a sudden that has a, 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 a more impact on your life than something that someone's going to give you. We have this fear of losing. Fear is a great motivating factor. But as followers of Jesus, it should be the opposite for our life. Our faith should far outweigh our fears, and our faith should carry greater authority in our life. Because the Word of God says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our faith in God should be the motivating factor for what we choose to do, the decisions that we make in our life. We shouldn't respond out of fear. We should respond out of faith. It's why it's so important that we focus on the God-given blessings of our life. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is honorable, whatever is praiseworthy, think about these things. 
Jesus himself in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's, what's your abundance? What's the abundance of your heart? Is it fear or faith? Remember the key verse for this series is John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus' words. See, the enemy wants to distract us from God. The devil doesn't want you to experience the blessings of God. The devil doesn't want you to experience all the wonderful things that God has designed for your life. He wants to put fear in your life. So all of a sudden, you're just a fear of losing something instead of having this faith to embrace what God has for you. Many times the enemy uses fear to distract us, and fear can come from all different directions. We can fear finances, we can fear relationships, jobs. You put your own category in there, we can fear it. Some have FOMO. Anybody know what FOMO is? I didn't know that until my daughter shared it. FOMO is the fear of missing out. It's a real thing. People have this fear. And I started thinking about that. You know, if we have this fear of missing out, I have, this, I have this concern that what we really actually miss out is on genuine, authentic relationships. When we, when we walk down, there's always fearful of missing out. Probably what we actually do is miss out on genuine relationships, maybe even with Jesus. Today, the God-given blessing I want to talk about and want to discuss today is peace. Peace. Many people in our society are living without peace because they are choosing to live in fear. I'm not talking about an occasional doubt. That happens to all of us at different times in life. I'm talking about people who never feel at rest. They never feel at peace. Their mind is always in a state of anxiousness. There's always this concern. What are people thinking about me? What is, what's happening at my job? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to... All these things. It's why mental health issues are on the rise. Why suicide rates have increased by 30% in the last 20 years. It's why drug use is at an all-time high. People are seeking fulfillment or peace through temporary satisfactions instead of finding peace in God. They're trying to find it in everything else in this world, but they don't understand that really true peace is found in Jesus. We need peace in our life. There's a great story found in Matthew chapter 8, it's a, it's a story of Jesus calming the seas on the, the Sea of Galilee. And a little backstory to this before we read a few verses here when Jesus calms the storm. A little backstory Jesus had been, man, he's been walking, he's been traveling, his disciples have been with them. They've been, they've been healing the sick like crazy. It says that they've been even casting out demons out of people who've been oppressed by just spiritual darkness. They've been casting that out. And Jesus has been, man, he's, they've been going. They've been going. And all of a sudden, there's, he recognizes the crowd around him. And he just starts to look. And he says, man, you know what? I want to go over to the other side of the lake. I don't know if he, maybe he was an introvert. No one knew it. Jesus was an introvert. I don't know. But I, I think he needed rest. There's nothing wrong with rest once in a while, guys. Jesus instructed his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And, 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 and here's where I want to pick up the story. And it's in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. It says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly, say suddenly. A fierce storm struck the lake with waves that broke breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. 
Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and sudden, and say suddenly again, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? Who is this guy? He just gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves. Even the winds and waves obeyed him. Jesus, we thank you for your word today, and I pray that this, will, this word, Lord God, will penetrate our heart and our minds. That, Lord, it doesn't, just doesn't go by as a teaching today, but, God, it, comes, it goes as a revelation in our heart. That, Lord God, that you have the ability to speak to the storms of life. Help us to put our trust in you, I pray today. Amen. In life, storms can rise up quickly. Everything can be going just well, and then suddenly something happens. A death in the family, a loss of employment, a sickness, a struggle in your marriage, an accident. You know, we can make the list up, keep on going on. We've all had difficulties in life. But many times it's interesting the difficulties can happen suddenly. You know what I'm saying? One day is great. Boy, the next morning, wait, what? You get a phone call? I remember a few years back, our family went on vacation. We went up to the Northwest, where I'm originally from, Seattle area. There was this place called Lake Perigen that I, as a kid, grew up. Our family went to this lake every single year for our vacation. And you know how you get nostalgic. You want to take your kids back to all the things, and they go, oh, Dad, why do we have to go back and see this? And, we're, and these, my kids are all adults at this time. And in fact, I think they all had, maybe Brittany didn't, but they had girlfriends and and we went with another close family of ours, the Andersons, and we went to this lake called Lake Perigen, and, and uh, there was, they rented kayaks. And so we decided, hey, let's go out and let's just enjoy the day out in some kayaks. And they had these two-person kayaks that we rented, six or seven of them, eight of them, whatever we rented. And we went out into the lake, and it was nice. It was beautiful, sunshine, calm. And we were just, we kind of all went different directions, and we were out in this lake and having a blast. And all of a sudden, suddenly... All of a sudden, this, these clouds rolled in, and the wind picked up, and it was like, this is not good. It looked like it was going to have lightning, and, and I thought, we better get in. So I started paddling in back to the rental facility in my kayak, and I happened to be the single one out. So I, I was in there, and all these other guys were had the two people. I'm by myself trying to get in, and, and the winds were coming against us. The waves were coming against us, and, you know, you start having this kind of little bit of fear, and I started looking around, seeing, trying to spot where everybody was at. And I saw Brett and Danielle. They were ahead of me. And I saw Evan and Ashley. And I didn't know where Annette was. I know she was with her friend Debbie. I didn't know where my daughter Brittany was. I was kind of looking out in the lake. And, you know, you can have this fear. All of a sudden, suddenly, fear kind of just jumps on you. So I'm just pressing in, just trying to get in. You know, it took us 10 minutes to get out. Man, it was taking us an hour to get in. You know, every stroke seemed like you were going backwards. We finally get in. Still hadn't seen Annette, and finally I see Annette and Debbie. I think they were the hiking. They just put their boat on. They were smart. They just ditched the boat in the shore, and we're walking back to the area, which was probably the smartest thing out of the group. Didn't know. I still, and also I saw Brittany. She had already, they didn't get, hardly get out on the lake, so they weren't even out in there, so they had already come back in, and so they were safe. And, and all of a sudden, I kind of had this peace. Oh, everybody's okay. But there was a moment where all of a sudden, it, it, there's fear that, that struck me. And it was scary how fast the waters change, and this happens in life. This is a situation for the disciples. 
A storm quickly evolved. The waves were coming inside the boat. And remember, the boats in Jesus' day, they would sink. They're not like boats that we have today where you can fill them up with water and they're still going to stay floating. No, no. When the waves were coming in, they had a real fear. The disciples had a real fear that they were going to drown that day. Yet during this time, where was Jesus? He was asleep in the back of the boat? Seriously? While the disciples were in complete panic and fear had gripped them, Today I want to discuss how to find peace in your life and how you can allow peace to guide your life. And the first takeaway I want to share with you today is peace comes by putting your faith in Jesus. There are several stories in the Bible where I don't always understand why the disciples chose to do what they did, why they respond the way they did. I thought, come on, disciples. But on this story, guess what? I probably would have responded the same way they responded. And I bet most of you would have too. If you were out there and the waves were coming over your boat and you know it was about to sink and Jesus is sleeping back in the back of the boat, most of you would have said the same thing. Jesus, what are you doing? Don't you see we're going to drown? And Jesus gets up and rebukes the waves or the wind and the waves. And suddenly there's a great calm. There's a great peace. And the scripture uses the word great. And it's, it's meg, megas in the Greek. It's where we get the word mega from. Where, where it's, it's, it's in the widest sense. Another translation is abundance. Remember, Jesus came to give us an abundant life. And that includes peace in our life. How many need abundance of peace in your life? Come on. Even though the disciples had experienced many miracles with Jesus, they still were struggling with putting their t- complete trust in Jesus. They had seen miracles. They just had gotten off the travels of, of seeing miracles and demons being cast out. And yet they get in the boat and the waves start, and all of a sudden they have complete fear. And the great lesson, I believe, to be found in this story, and we can talk about faith. Why have you so little faith? Why, you know, speak faith. But the great lesson is that we should be at peace when we're with Jesus. Jesus reminds his disciples of this truth in John chapter 16, verse 33. says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has been teaching his disciples many things to prepare them for his departure. Remember, Jesus on this earth, his time of ministry is only about three and a half years. The time that he spent with the disciples was three and a half years. Come on, that's a short period of time. And Jesus knows that the soon that he would be departing and he would be leaving them and he wanted to be able to give as much information to them as possible. And this is one of the truths that he shares with them. In me, you will find peace. If you just choose to live in this world and, and belong to this world, you're going to find tribulation. We find peace when we put our trust in Jesus. Jesus knew his disciples were going to face difficult days ahead, but he wanted to prepare them for their challenge. And I think it's a challenge for each and every one of us. Are you prepared? Jesus is sharing a great insight. I I call an insight a, a revelation, something that changes us. That you can live in a troubled world and still have peace. You can be out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee with waves coming over the boat, But if you're with Jesus, 
you can still have peace. I like equations. How many like equations? I love math. It doesn't lie. It just, it just, you know, it's just faithful. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. And so when I read this scripture, I see this equation. And I just put it up there, the first one. Living plus Jesus equals peace. That's what that scripture says. The second one. Living plus the world equals tribulation. If you're going to put your trust in the world, guess what? Ah, get ready. There's got a lot of fear coming. But what, what's that? Jesus is greater than the world. This is where the equation starts to make sense is that, yeah, I live in the world, but I don't have to be of the world. I might be in the world, but I'm not of the world. See, I'm from a different place. I'm from a place called heaven. I'm a child of God. And even though I might have the tribulations that surround me, guess what? It doesn't have to overtake me. I can find peace in my, in my Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is sharing this great insight. I know many times we pray for Jesus to bring us peace. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really don't. I, I, I think praying for peace is fine. But I believe a more accurate understanding is that we experience peace as we put our trust in Jesus. See, some people can pray for peace and never find peace because they still don't, don't, haven't put their trust in Jesus. I say this because Jesus shared these words in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. And sometimes these words are really difficult for us to understand. But Jesus says this, do not think that I came to this world to bring peace to the, peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Pastor Tom, what? Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but a sword? Huh? What is Jesus saying? He came to bring division? Yes. He did. He came to bring division. A sword is something that cuts, it divides. Remember, the purpose that Jesus came to this earth is to give each and every one of us a choice. We can either choose to follow Jesus or we could choose to deny Jesus. There is a clear separation. There's not three choices, there's two choices. And Jesus came with the sword, the word of truth, because it divides. Do you choose to follow me or do you choose to deny me? So, Pastor Tom, how does, I'm just giving you, hopefully this is okay. I'm just giving some teaching here today. Because I know some of us have struggled with that scripture. You know, how, Jesus came to bring us, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. So then how does Ephesians 6 in this, fix into this picture? Where Paul says to put on the armor of God. And part of the armor is the spirit of God. It's the sword of the spirit. If, if I'm supposed to put on the armor because Paul says that it's to protect ourselves. Put on the helmet. How does the sword of the spirit it, that it pierces and the divide. How does that, how is that part of the armor of God? Why should I put that on? See the armor of God is meant to protect us from the enemy. How does the sword do that? The sword of the Spirit has the power to divide and it serves a as a protection in our life because it separates us from the sin that tries to trap us. We can experience peace knowing that no matter what happens in this world, our soul is secure in Jesus. Sin, because of the sword of the Spirit, guess what? It divides part of our life where no longer are we going to be controlled by our fleshly desires. We're going to choose to follow Jesus. 
guess what? It brings separation from sin in our life. And then all of a sudden, sin has no more power in my life. It doesn't control me no more. Jesus controls me. And boy, when you surrender to Jesus, you find peace. I've shared this before. When cancer struck my body 10 years ago, it brought about fear. When all of a sudden the news of cancer, it brought about fear. But you know what, you know what happened? All of a sudden I remember, man, my trust is in Jesus. And Annette was with me. She knows. And immediately I had peace. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was that all of a sudden I had this great fear. Fear to the place where I, I was almost passing out. Where I had, they had to lay me down. I turned white. And all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me. I'm telling you. And all of a sudden, it reminded me, your trust is not into the things of this world. Your trust is in me. And there, all of a sudden, it didn't matter if I lived or died. I was at peace with Christ. I don't know how else to say it. But, man, I was walking out of that doctor's office knowing that I was in, my, in the hand of Jesus. And it didn't matter. Peace comes by putting your faith in Jesus. The second thing, peace brings order to your life. Just like Jesus brought the storm under his authority, Jesus can bring the storm or the troubles under his authority. We need to learn to trust Jesus in the storm. On that day in the Sea of Galilee, Jesus brought order. The disciples were astonished. Even the winds and the waves obey this man? Who is this man? Who is this guy that we're riding with? They re, they, this reveals that they still don't understand they were walking with the creator, the son of God. The very one who spoke creation into existence has the power to speak into your storm peace. The very one that created the wind and the waves has the power over the wind and the waves. The very one that created you has the power to be able to speak into your storm peace if we put our trust in him. There's an interesting scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 that states, Now that may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Jesus is the Lord of peace. The Greek word Lord means a person. Now, I want you to catch this. The word Lord in the Greek means a person who exercises absolute ownership rights. A person who exercises absolute ownership rights. Do you know that Jesus owns peace? That's why when, we are, when we're walking with Christ, we can experience great peace, a peace that passeth all understanding. We don't understand how it, it works. Paul didn't understand how it works. But I just know when I'm walking with Jesus, I have peace. That's what that's talking about. Jesus brings order into our life when we allow him to have authority. Paul writes, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let him have authority in your life. Let Jesus be Lord of your life. That Greek word in there just means let rule. is like an umpire who's making a call in the game. The umpire has the right to judge what is right and what is wrong. In our lives, we have two opposing forces. We have our earthly flesh, or our flesh, our flesh that wants to do things that maybe are not of God, and then we have the Spirit of God, and we need to learn to surrender to the Spirit of God and allow Him to rule in our life. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. The Bible says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. 
if we put Jesus as the ultimate authority in our life, he will bring order into our life. And as I shared earlier, what Paul says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The last thought I want to share with you today is this. Peace, I want you to catch this, peace needs to be shared with others. But Pastor Tom, how do I do that if peace is found in Jesus? We live in a world that desperately needs to find peace. And I shared peace is a gift from God. It's, it's not something that he just gives you. It's just something you experience as you spend time with Jesus when you put your trust in him. And it's our responsibility as followers of Jesus to share that truth with others. Sometimes as Christians, I don't know about you, sometimes, man, the world gets so crazy, you just kind of want to hide away and live a secluded life. But that's not the gospel. The gospel says, let your light shine before all people. The gospel says, you know what, we don't hide away, we go forth. We step out in faith. We don't, we don't get fearful and lock our doors and, 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 and hide away. No, no, we step out in faith and believe that God is walking on our behalf. And we're letting his light shine in and out of our life. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons or children of God. You know, when I read this scripture when I was younger, blessed are the peacemakers. I always thought of someone that's super congenial. You know, someone that's really, really tolerant about everything. I, I just want to make peace. I, I don't want to cause any waves. I don't, I don't want to cause any conflict. I just want to make peace. But that word peacemaker, guess what it may, means? It means to make peace. That's what it means, make peace. Our lives, and some of you are going to catch this today, and I hope you catch it as a revelation. Our lives should reflect God's peace. The word peacemaker doesn't mean to avoid conflict. It literally means to make peace. We don't make peace by avoiding conflict. We make peace by solving conflict. We don't make peace by avoiding conflict. What, what are you avoiding in your life? That God is just knocking on your door. You see, what really, how you make peace is by solving conflict. There's a huge difference. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Why is he called the Prince of Peace? Because he came into the world to solve conflict. He came in the world to solve the situation of sin. He came into the world to provide forgiveness for you and for me. He died on the cross and shed his blood because he recognized that without his shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins. There was no opportunity for us to make a way to heaven. See, we were in conflict. We had no way to make ourselves right with our Heavenly Father. Jesus enters the picture, the Prince of Peace. I don't know why you guys aren't getting more excited about this. I'm excited. He gets into the picture, the Prince of Peace. He says, I see the conflict. I'm going to resolve it. He goes to the cross and he dies for your sin and my sin. And by our faith in Jesus Christ, we find grace. We find forgiveness. We, our hearts get set right with our Heavenly Father. The conflict that there was once, guess what? There is no more. 
He is the peacemaker. And in your life and in my life, we need to be peacemakers out into our community. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we all of a sudden just get real congenial and love y'all. We love y'all. So no, no. It means we speak truth. It means that when all of a sudden we're in the conflict and someone's, you know what? No. Guess what? I can't do that. It goes against what I really believe as I follow Jesus Christ in my life. Because, see, I have peace when I follow Jesus. You start sharing the truth, and that's when people all of a sudden can find peace. Because you can start helping them to, guess what? Solve their conflict. We live in a world of conflict. People don't need to be coddled. We speak truth in love. We speak truth in love. We speak truth in love. Start loving people. Start sharing truth. We need to create an opportunity for people to find peace with God through sacrifice. Sacrifice is Jesus Christ. The word peacemaker in the Greek means someone who catches Someone who bravely declares God's terms, which makes someone whole. Peace. When we're not in peace, something usually is not whole. It's not right. Making peace is giving people an opportunity to become whole in Jesus Christ. That spiritual conflict that they have in their life, you can help them find peace. See, people in the world are searching for peace through all the different ways. Through temporary satisfactions, food, vacation, events. Nothing wrong with any of those things. We're going to the Seahawks game after this, so there you go. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Unless you're trying to find peace because of those things. Others search for peace by having sex with multiple partners or drugs or abuse of alcohol. Those items don't provide peace. They only serve as a distraction from the real conflict that resides within us. It's only God's peace that can change the reality of our life. And that peace is found in Jesus. And our purpose as the body of Christ is to create an environment where people can find Jesus. It's to create an environment where people can find peace in their life. Where people no longer have to live under the bondage of darkness, under the bondage of sin. Remember what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount as he's sitting there on the hillside and he has people gathered all around him. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I want you to know today, and I felt like worship was a part of this whole experience today, that Jesus is our peacemaker. He is the Prince of Peace. How are we ever going to share God's peace to others if we don't completely step in and embrace it for ourselves. That's my word today. Are you ready to get in the boat with Jesus no matter where it goes? Doesn't matter if it's stormy outside or feels like, man, I'm about ready to, if I'm with you, Jesus, I don't care. Wherever you go, Lord, I'm going to follow. Because I know with you, I'd rather be with you in a boat on a storm then on the beach in Bahamas, not whole. That's where I'd rather be. That's where we have to find peace in our life. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of your spirit. We felt the presence 
of your spirit here today as we walked into church as we spent time to worship as we heard your word I pray for each person here today that we'll respond to the word we'll respond to what we felt at worship that we won't just sit back and just let things go but Lord we'll step out in faith we won't let fear continue to lead our life but God I pray that that measure of faith that you've given each and every one of us will grow and develop and mature where no longer will we be fearful of the storms of this life but God we will be a person who has complete peace in you if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior the Prince of Peace if you're watching us online today and you need to find that peace in your heart and your life You've been walking through life, doing life on your own. This hasn't been pretty. It's been difficult. There's been times maybe in your, even in your life you just feel like, why, why is life worth living? Today I want to share with you that, guess what? There's a, there's a man named Jesus. He came and died on the cross for your sins to set you free. And today you can find peace in him. That's the only place. It's in him. If you want to make a commitment to follow Jesus today. Say this prayer with me. Everybody here today, will you say this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Thank you for providing a way to avoid, to, to, to clear up the conflict in my life. Today I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. Set me free from my sins. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to do what is right. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.